Hey guys, I hope all is well. Um, I have a couple of really cool things to talk about um, that I've been learning that the father has really just been showing me. Um, so let's get started. Father Most High, I just come before you and I just praise your holy name and I just thank you for your your wisdom, your understanding. Thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit on your people in this hour and we just praise you and bless your holy name. You are the potter and we are merely the clay. Um, may you be magnified throughout the earth, above the earth and below the earth. Take all the glory for yourself, Abba. You deserve every single bit of it. I hereby silence any strange voices that are not of you, and I cast them back to the pit in which they've come with nothing to be sent in their place. May only your truth with all authority come forth in this message, in Yeshua's name. Please, Abba, just speak through me. If it is not of you, then close my mouth. I pray that every single word edifies your church. I pray that the message comes across in the way that you would have it come across and that you open eyes, ears, and hearts to this message and understanding. We just love you so very much and praise you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Okay. So, so just a, just a little synopsis. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is manna. All right. Um, a couple of cool things he showed me about manna. Um, and then also a little bit about the fig tree. Because there's so much on it, but I don't think he's done showing me anything about the fig tree. Um, or everything, I mean, I don't think he's finished showing me everything about the fig tree. I may not know everything, that's okay. I think that he has a purpose and a plan, okay? So, it may be up to you guys to add to um, with your, your understanding through the Holy Spirit. Which is always so much fun, okay? Um... And then I have some cool stuff that he showed me and gave me revelation on with Jesus's crucifixion. So um, I'm going to show you a lot in scripture because you know I like to do the word studies and I like to show you what I'm doing so you can see what I'm reading. So um, you may not see my face as much in this, but um, just FYI and also it gives you chances to screenshot stuff or what have you so I'm going to be using my Bible app like I usually do and then I'm also going to use my blue letter Bible app okay um if you don't have that app um and you like you can't download it then you can access it just online it's blueletterbible.com and then I can um I, I'm pretty sure it's .com um, I will link that in the description too because it's just such a great tool. If you don't have like a physical concordance, it's just easy to search and it's quicker, um, you know, technology. But for those who don't really care for technology, you can just use your concordance. Okay. Um, all right. Let's get started. I'm excited. Okay, guys. Alrighty. So um, I'm just going to be honest. I don't remember how I was led to this, but, um, I was led nonetheless to look up manna. And so I just want to kind of go over this real quick. So Exodus sixteen thirty one. So you know how in the blue letter Bible, it's what I'm in right now. It doesn't matter the translation. You can search, um, for a specific word. If you want to see in all 
the um, scriptures it's used just like this. I like to do that because it kind of condenses it down and helps me to to have a starting point of researching. So let's go to this very first one. Okay. All right, so manna. Manna is very interesting. So let's start. Okay, so Exodus 16.31 says, And the house of Israel named the bread manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and it tastes like its taste was like wafers with honey. Okay. So, first and foremost, I thought it was so funny what manna actually means. So, manna, or bread from heaven, not, not like physical loaves of bread. It's just another word, and I'll show you in a minute why it's called, why it says bread. Um, but, it literally means, what is it? So, manna is like, what is it? Okay. And so I thought that was really funny. And it said, and it says here, literally a whatness. Okay. And the re let me show you why. <laughs> oh, I just, I just, and I'll, and I'll tell you why this is important actually in just a minute. So if you go to the root H4100, it says interrogative pronoun. So what, how, of what kind, you know, you see all of these different things and it, there's, they're, they're questions. Okay. They're just like, uh, what? You know, that's like equivalent today being like, oh, I don't know, uh, that's, that's odd or well, okay, that's interesting or, you know, that sort of thing. And so, <laughs> so literally they named it this, okay, because they didn't know what it was. Right. So they had never you have to remember, you know, this is obviously it's after for those of you that may not know the Bible, this the, manna was a spiritual food given from God to the Israelites in the wilderness that they wandered for 40 years. OK, and typically when you know, wilderness is likened to it's it's the desert there in in and around Israel. Okay, so they wandered in the wilderness for 40, 40 years, and the purpose of that was to teach them his ways, okay? And there's so much there, and I'm not going to get into everything about it, but um, in the desert, you don't have a ton of resources. So how fitting for God to bring um, the Israelites to, or the Hebrews to the wilderness, you know, for this purpose and to essentially teach them his ways so that they would remove the ways of Babylon or, well, really Egypt at the time. And so, um, which actually does stem from Babylon, um, like way back. But, um, but anyway, so, so he's, he gives them the spiritual bread. Okay. And it literally rains down from heaven. Okay. They didn't know what it was. They've never seen seen it before. And so this is what they name it. Like, what is it? What is this? So they just called it Anna, right? So let's go back. All right. So um, the other thing I thought was interesting, you know, to get a little bit more description of manna was this here. All right. So it says it's a sweet gum like honey. All right which in 
Arabia and other oriental re regions exudes from the leaves of several trees and shrubs, especially those of the tamarisk kind. This takes place mostly in July and August before sunrise. Um, and again, you can go to this and you can kind of read through it. But interestingly, it here is a substance similar to honey. Okay. Um, you know that, that God says he would bring us into a land flowing with milk and honey. Right. So manna is likened to spiritual, spiritual bread. Right. So, um, so here we go. Um, let's see. So essentially it's saying this manna flows out of the leaves and, and the reason it flows out is it's punctured by insects. Okay. But that is, that's like, I think more of a literal translation. Okay. So we know that manna is all spiritual, correct? So, um, so that was what was interesting about manna there. So if you go back and you look at all the different contexts. So, oh, I wanted to look at this real quick. Sorry. All right. So it's, let's see. It said it was like coriander seeds. So coriander is essentially cilantro. Okay. But it was looking like coriander. And um, if you look at coriander... In the sense of cutting, that's kind of cool. Um, to penetrate, cut, attack, invade. To um, to gather in troops or crowds. So it's just interesting that coriander just kind of means that. Um, let's see. All right, that is just the... Um, okay, this is what I was looking for. To prune a vine. Okay, so that's what coriander is. And so if you really stop and think about it, okay, so, and I will bring this all home. So in scripture, people, we are likened to trees, okay? And he's been speaking to me a lot about fruit, about uh, the fruit of the spirit and fruit in general, right? So there's, there's fruit and then there's the tree. So the, or the shrub or what have you. So fruit grows on that, right? So manna, Manna is a spiritual fruit, so it's almost like saying it is a spiritual fruit, okay? Fruit of the Spirit, spiritual fruit, and then you have trees, and so, so it's saying here that it's similar to coriander, which I found interesting because of the root of coriander being that it means to prune a vine, okay? And what do you do when you harvest fruit? You prune you essentially, you harvest it or you prune or like you, um, in order to get more fruit to grow, you prune the, the, the vine. Okay. Or the shrub or the tree. You, you take all the dead off. Right. Um, so there's so much there, guys. I hope that you're, you're catching this. I just find it so fascinating. Okay. And so, um, then it's saying it's white like coriander, um, and then it tastes like waver, wafers and honey. So, so manna is, is like a, a sweet spiritual food, okay? Um, and again, there's so much more I could really go and say about this, but I'm going to move on. 
because I want to show you something else. <clears throat> okay, so this next one, um, Exodus 16.33, it says, And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put a full omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept safe throughout your generations. And I find that fascinating because um, there is other scriptures that talk about um, he would rain down manna from heaven daily, except on the sixth day, it would rain down double the amount so that you would save it for the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, so that you are not out, you know, harvesting or whatever to, you know, that's your day of rest. And so this says you take a jar and put a full omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept safe throughout your generations. So I was looking at an omer, and an omer is truly a tenth of an ephah, okay? Um, so if you look more into an omer, okay, it's also a sheaf, okay, like, a, like to heap, but if you go, a dry measure. So if you go to the original... It's to bind sheaves, to gather. Um, that is the two main ones that I want to focus on. Um, you know, to heap up, to gather grain, to bind them together. Okay. Um, let's see. I just found that interesting. That that's what an omer, where an omer comes from. So an omer is is um, again, it's a tenth of an ephah. So um, I guess it's just uh, bound up sheaves that go into a basket. And I do want to show you what's interesting about this too, because on one twenty six, this is my blog, okay, where I update with all the words that the Father gives me on one twenty six, okay. This is the word he gave me, and I woke up between 143 and 144, and 144 is significant, and that's in, um, Jess talks about that in her videos, so I'll just direct you over to her, and I'll put her um, channel in this, the description box. Um, so he said, All hail King Jesus, who reigns forever and ever. Amen. Holy, holy, holy is he who sits at the right hand of the great I am. Whom is he, who is he whom is taller than the rest? That is the one whom holds the keys of David, whom opens the doors to the kingdom and whom also shuts the doors to the kingdom. It is he only whom holds the keys. My child, tell my people that I am coming soon. Look at the sky. Your redemption draws nigh. I am getting ready to assemble, mount my horse. And then I went back to sleep, and while I was sleeping, I saw, um, and I wrote this down, an ephah, or a basket, with barley being added to it. A measure of barley is being added to an ephah. It is nearly full, is what I heard. And I found it fascinating, because if you go back to here, he says, take a jar and put a full omer of manna in it. And place it before the Lord to be kept safe throughout your generations. Okay. So manna, manna with, okay, with its implications being spiritual. 
and here suggesting that you could keep it safe throughout your generations. Um, manna is likened to the Holy Spirit, okay? Manna is likened to that spiritual food, like the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, walking in the fruit of the Spirit. I hope you guys are understanding what I'm trying to say here, is, is your spiritual food, your spiritual manna, okay? And so that was the whole purpose. Like there's nothing new under the sun. That was the whole purpose of the Israelites um, walking in the wilderness or wandering in the wilderness for 40 years is God was testing them okay he was pruning them he was um trying to get the leaven out okay and he was teaching them teaching him to walk in the spirit that was the significance of manna okay manna is likened to walk like us like the fruit of the spirit with the holy spirit being indwelled with the holy spirit but it was the physical mandate man manifestation of a spiritual um substance okay so um i just kind of wanted to share that i'm hoping that that helps you guys kind of understand i just thought that was really cool let me make sure there's nothing else i wanted to look at with mana before i move on i mean what it's also interesting too um you know they complained about it and it says here in Deuteronomy 8.3, like Deuteronomy 8 is a huge, huge chapter. And Jess has talked about that too, because of the um, eight being new beginnings and also like the out, like sim symbolic of an hourglass by the, by the way it's shaped, it's infinity. It's like, it's the beginning and the end. And you know, like it's a big cycle that we've been talking about and he's been showing us so much. And so Deuteronomy 8.3 is, and he humbled you and let you go hungry. And fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Okay, so that is like, it's, it's like he's saying, I'm showing, like I'm feeding you with the spirit. In other words, um, if you go back to the video of you'll know them by their fruit, I read um, in one of the scriptures. And it talks about um, the, the difference between um having spiritual milk versus spiritual meat this is what this is talking about i let you go hungry and fed you with manna manna is also a, can be likened to the spiritual meat um which you did not know nor did your fathers know in order to make you understand that man shall not live on bread alone but man shall live on everything that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. And so this verse right here, literally, quite literally, okay, um, sums up every single thing that he's been telling and teaching me, Jess, Mandy, McKenna, and so many others, okay? This right here, what was then is now, okay? Um, that is the... He's the beginning and the end. That is the end from the beginning. You know, the whole cycle. That is why um, the Hebrews believe, or the Israel, uh, the Jews, however, you, that, whole, that whole thing, uh, nationality, however you want to say it. I mean, it's all, it's all coming together. That is why um, it's, it's a cycle. That's why when prophecy... Um, 
in scripture, not everything is fully accomplished. It's repeated. Okay. Because it's cyclical. So history is cyclical. Okay. So I just thought that was really cool about manna. Okay. So now I want to talk about Uh, now I want to talk about Matthew 27. Okay. So Matthew 27, this is, okay, this is like huge to me. So I'm going to read it and then I'm going to go back through and explain things as he gave me revelation. Okay. All right. So Matthew 27, starting in verse 45. Now, from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. I don't know how to say that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of those who were standing there, when they heard it, said, This man is calling for Elijah. And immediately one of them ran, and taking a sponge, he filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave him a drink. But the rest of them said, Let us see if Elijah comes to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. Also, the tombs were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection. They entered the holy city and appeared to many. Now as for the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the other things that were happening, they became extremely frightened and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Okay, so, and well, let me finish. And many women were there watching from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee while caring for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Okay, so let me go back to the first from 45, sorry. All right, so, so we, so... If you have not watched Jess's last, like, I don't know, three videos, because she's got so many amazing revelations that she's had to do so many videos on. Um, if you have not, please, please, please go watch them, especially the one um, that I think it's titled something like um, 522 was not wrong. Um, that one is, I mean, it just blew my mind. So... So think about it this way. So she explains about the Maseroth. And we have been shown about how there's a mirroring on the, on the Maseroth. So you've got, for instance, like whenever the full moon highlights an hour, then the corresponding in that month crescent moon highlights the hidden um, constellation. Okay, so the full moon, uh, I'm, yes, the full Full moon highlights the constellation for that month, okay, to tell what month you're in. 
And then the crescent moon highlights the hidden, so the mirror image of that. So it's almost, so in other words, um, 12 and 6 mirror each other, 3 and 9 mirror each other, 1 and 7, 2 and 8, and, and so on. Okay? So, um, so anyway, this says, now from the sixth hour, darkness fell upon the on all the land until the ninth hour. So I just want you to remember that because I'm going to take it back home. Okay. At the end. All right. And then it says, and about the ninth hour, at about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, essentially saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So the ninth hour for, for us, according to the Maseroth, started on 522. So at about the ninth hour, right around the ninth hour, okay, he cries out, why have you forsaken me? So from what we've learned so far, that 522, May 22nd, that just passed, was the start of the third hour, which is also a mirror to the ninth hour, okay? And so that being said, um, you know, we were led at the time to believe that he was coming on that day at the start of the ninth hour or third ninth. It's synonymous, okay? Well, he didn't. He did not come, but there was a meaning. So we, he later revealed um, many other things about it. And so that started, that date is important because it started the ninth hour. And he says on here, at around that time, why have you forsaken me? And we, honest to goodness, it really, it really shook us. And so we essentially felt this way. So you see the humanity in this moment with Jesus and he's suffering. Okay. He is, um, he's really in pain. You know, he's been, he's been through a lot over the, you know, the past, you know, uh, day or whatever from the we the early morning hours up until this point um a lot of trauma uh trauma and he's saying my god why have you forsaken me so it's not that he was in disbelief or doubt it's more of a you know hey i'm i'm suffering here i'm tired like when are you going to pull me like let me go home and that's how we felt Okay, because look at the world around you. So enough about that. I'm going to move on. And we're not the only ones who's felt that way. Like there's so many others. And I know you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Okay, so then it's go on and it says, And some of those who were standing there when they heard it said, This man is calling for Elijah. So we know that in the um, for the two witnesses, at least one of them, are likely going to be the spirit of, have the spirit of Elijah, which is um, also the spirit that was on John the Baptist. That's, that's definitely said in scripture. Um, and so it's really interesting to me too with this, because I believe it's, I don't think it's Passover. It's either, but it's either Passover or Pentecost. When the Jews um, observe one or one of those um, feast days, they literally set a place at their table and it leave it empty in expectation for Elijah to come. It is a tradition that they do, and so I just found that fascinating. So, 
So even to this day, they do do this, okay? And they're still expecting Elijah, okay? And I don't know, like, the full-on, um, um, oh, how would I say? I don't know the full-on details of all of that, but I have read that, and, and I found that fascinating that's at this time. And then here we are in the scripture. Okay, so moving on. Um, and then immediately one of them ran and taking a sponge, he filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave him a drink. But the rest of them said, let us see if Elijah comes to save him. So we're still in that moment, right? And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Okay, so at that point, his spirit departs from him. Okay, that's what it says. And then at that time, it says, And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And whenever, whenever he comes and he's getting ready to rapture his church or resurrect his church, okay, um, the sky splits open like a scroll. So that's the same thing. It's, like, it's likened to the veil being torn in two from top to bottom. Okay, and then another thing he had said to me, um, I believe it was uh, on March 28th, um, he had said the veil will be removed and the true stars of righteousness will be revealed. Okay, so that's fascinating. Um, so anyway, and you go on, it says in the earth shook and the rocks were split. So there's the great earthquake. So the veil, so the veil's torn. Then there's an earthquake, mind you. From so it's already it's at the ninth ninth hour at this point, okay? And it's been dark for three hours already, according to this. So then you've got the great earthquake, which is really interesting because we know that First Thessalonians four sixteen says. That the dead in Christ will rise first, and then those who are alive and remain will be caught up with, with, with them to meet the Lord in the air. So, so here you have the veil being torn, which is uh, synonymous to the um, heavens rolling back like a scroll. And then you have the great earthquake, which is in Revelation 6, the sixth seal. Okay? And then it says... Also, the tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. So, at that time, he gives up his spirit, okay? The veil is torn at the same time. The earthquake happens. It opens up the earth where, where the bodies, the souls that are in Sheol can resurrect with him at this time. And I'm going to explain this in more detail in just a minute. Just hang tight with me. And they are literally right now, like right in that moment, walking around the cities. Okay, the city. Um, and then it says, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. So let me just explain this to you. So I'm going to go back to uh, my blue letter Bible, Matthew. I'm going to go to Matthew 27. So many believe that this is talking where it says after his resurrection that they're talking that this scripture is talking about the third day and i'm here to tell you that it is not okay let me explain this to you 
So I'm going to go to Matthew 40. Where is it at? Okay. All right. Let's look up the word resurrection. And it had said before that he gave up his spirit. Okay. So here's resurrection in that verse. G1454. Rousing. Excitation. Arising up. Resurrection from the dead. Okay. All right. This is the root. Okay. And it says to arouse. It calls to rise. To arouse from sleep. To awake. Okay. And so scripture tells you. Like when scripture talks about um, death essentially. So there's a difference between sleeping and death. So we fall asleep when we die a mortal death because your soul, um, your, your body just falls asleep. Okay. Because it's awaiting a resurrection either to eternal life or, um, the, um, con eternal condemnation. And so the best way I can explain this is that he gave up his spirit. That is his resurrection. Okay, it's not a full body. So you're when you're resurrected, um, it's it's your soul resurrecting. Okay, and I'm gonna bring this home for you in just a minute. Okay, so to raise up, to cause to appear, that's what happened with these with these souls, right? So they were walking around. All right, Jesus gave up his spirit. Okay, I hope that you can understand what I'm saying. All right. So then, um, at that point, it says, Now, as for the centurion and those who were with him keeping guard over Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the other things that were happening, what did we just say? They saw people walking around that rose from the dead. Okay. Um, they became extremely frightened and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Okay. So... Interestingly, this says that it was af this happened after his resurrection. But yet, context-wise, it's not talking about three days later. Okay? So his resurrection is likened to him giving up his spirit. And so, when you think about the rapture, this is how it's going to happen. You know, he tells you, you put off... Paul tells you, you put off the mortal and you put on the immortal. You inherit spiritual bodies. So I am saying that according to this, Jesus gave up his spirit, right? His spirit went into Sheol for three days and three nights. He had the key. He had the keys. He. And then he came back up. But when he appeared to Mary. She thought he was a gardener. He told her, do not touch me. Okay. That was on the third day. That was the wee morning hours just before the first day of the week. And I'm not going to go fully into this study because it's so much. But there is some really interesting things there tying into the red heifer sacrifice. Okay. Which... He would be likened to his uh, death and resurrection because it's a purification of the temple, yada, yada, yada. 
Um, I encourage you to go look that up yourself. Um, and then there's laws of purification in the Torah where if you're unclean, you have to clean yourself. The th you have to, um, you remain unclean for seven days, but you cleanse yourself the third day and the seventh day. And so the third day, um, she could not touch him because he had to ascend to his father because he was likened to the wave of the sheep offering. Right. So that's the first fruits. Okay. Um, anyway, there's a whole lot more there, but this is your, this is your invitation to go and look at it and really just read it and study it. So according to this, his resurrection is him giving up his spirit. That's what I want you to take from this, which I found was so fascinating. Okay. So then this ties into, um, in Mandy's messages where it talks about the sickle tree. She, there was one message that, that said had the sickle tree withered. Okay. So let's go look at the, um, the fig tree real quick. And then I'm going to tie in the sickle tree. Actually, first, let's, uh, actually first, let me go back to the, to the ninth hour. Um, the sixth and ninth hour. So according to the Maseroth, all right, I'm going back to the, the verse. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be all over the place. I'm just really excited because it's really cool. It was dark from the sixth to the ninth hour. Okay. The sixth to the ninth hour was, um, 12 PM to 3 PM. Okay. Um, they don't, you know, obviously if you, if you do not know this, there's, there's, he, he mentions, Jesus mentions there's 12 hours in a day and then the night is broken up into four watches, I believe, four. Okay. And so on the Maseroth, there's only 12 hours. So that is why there's the mirroring and Jess explains this so, so, so well. So that's why the three mirrors the nine. Okay. So think about it this way. So you have, it's dark from the sixth to the ninth hour that mirrors 12 to 3 a.m. or p.m. on the Maseroth, okay? And so, so here, it's during the day, right? And then it would mirror 12 to 3. So, I just found that interesting. So, that ties you into the Midnight Cry. And the reason why is because Midnight Cry was proven mathematically and precisely by Jess through the Holy Spirit on for February 15th. Okay. And that started midnight essentially. And I'm not saying that that was the exact day for midnight. I'm just saying like that started this process, like the, the midnight Christ started the, the countdown essentially to where we're coming to. Okay. And then if you really stop and look at it, it's fascinating. So from around 215 to 522 is around three months, which can be likened to about three hours. Um, so that's three hours of darkness, like spiritual darkness of, you know, it could be, um, you know, because of the spiritual awakening, right? So that's the, that ties in the rousing out of sleep. You know, the, the pressing to wake people up because they're still sleeping, maybe, in the middle of the night. Okay, there's just so much imagery there. Alrighty. Um, so, I just wanted to 
I wanted to kind of go over that. All right, so the sickle tree, and let's go to the fig tree. So Mark 11, 12 through 25. Okay, so I believe, yeah, I believe I read this also in my last video. If I did not, I apologize. I've just kind of been all over the scripture lately. So many different things. So it says here, And Jesus entered Jerusalem and came into the temple area, and after looking around at everything, he left for Bethany with the twelve, since it was already late. On the next day, when he had left Bethany, he became hungry. Seeing from a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for, for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Okay, so just to start... Fig, the fig tree symbolizes Israel, okay, and the unbelieving. This one without fruit symbolizes the unbelieving Israel, okay. And interestingly, um, he curses this fig tree, not because he doesn't like symbolically love all of his children, but because they're not producing fruit. Fruit of the Spirit, fruit, the whole, having the Holy Spirit is what produces the fruit, okay? Remember, go back to um, the, what I was explaining about manna and it being spiritual food, okay? And so, so anyway, um, this can go back to the first will be the last, the last will be the first, right? So he cuts off the branches that are dead and not producing, and he grafts in the branches that, that are, okay? And so um, this ties into um, Enoch 50. It talks about three different groups. You have the first group who is likened to the five wise virgins that are ready, that have oil in their lamps, that are producing fruit, that are walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And then the second group um, are not quite there yet, but yet whenever the first group is exalted, they see it happen so that they uh, repent and forego the works of their hands, and they are brought into belief, okay? Belief. And then there's the third group that no matter what happens, they choose not to repent, and so therefore they will be burning in the lake of fire. They'll be destroyed, utterly destroyed, okay? So, so interesting, the fig tree here, the one that's cursed, um, it's essentially saying that he curses them because they're not producing fruit, or the fruit that they're producing is not pure fruit. Okay, because it says, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. Okay, so I, now I want to talk about the sickle tree, okay? Um, the sickle tree in Mandy's messages, he said, has the sickle tree withered? So the revelation he gave to me with that is this. So if any of you grow a garden, okay, or 
have any knowing of growing a garden. You know that each uh, plant produces a fruit or a vegetable or uh, whatever you want to call it for you to eat, okay? And there are seasons for it. And so whenever you grow these this fruit or vegetable and you harvest them, then after the big harvest, okay, the, tr the tree, it dies, okay? So the tree withers, it dies because its, its purpose is done, all right? So essentially, this is how it's going to be with with our res during the resurrection. So you so the fruit is your spirit and the tree, okay, is your mortal body cuz we're likened to trees, okay? Trees that are that are supposed to produce the fruit. And so when the fruit is harvested, whenever your spirit is taken and you receive your immortal body, your heavenly body, okay, which is literally all spiritual. So that's the whole fruit. You put off the mortal body, which is like the wheat and the chaff. The the fruit is separated from the chaff. Okay. So so the sickle tree, it's whenever you're you're so the sickle it it's the that's how they would harvest the fruit. In back during that time, and even some now, they that's how they took the fruit from the vine or the tree or the plant or whatever, and then what's left dies. Okay, so I thought that was really cool. He kind of gave me that revelation. So it's the separation. So the the sickle tree withering is this, is like the picture of the separating between the soul and the body. Okay, so putting off the mortal, putting on the immortal, that's, it's, it's almost like he's saying, has the tree, has the sickled tree withered? Has the tree been, have you, have, has the, has the bodies, um, been separated from, or the spirit separated from the bodies? Okay, so, um, let's see. I, uh. Another really cool fact here is, and I just thought this was really cool because he also was saying seven completes it. And if you want to know a really interesting revelation on seven, so seven, the word seven is actually an oath. Um, that's not, that's not a good one. Hang on. Okay, here. I'm just pulling up. Oh, it was the same one. I just missed. Oh, no, that's why. Just a second, guys. Bear with me. Let me pick something. I'll pick another scripture that I can actually... Okay, seven. Seven, seven, seven. Okay, so seven, this is why it is so... Um... This is why seven is his perfect completion number, okay? So so if you go to the root, so seven is a cardinal number, okay, or a combination in the numbers. If you go to the root, it's to swear, to adjure, to take an oath, okay, uh, to cause to take an oath, um, which is like, so 
so they would say things like um back then um i seven myself or i seven myself to seven oneself it's to swear an oath to promise so that's why he also says let your yes be yes and your no be no okay and it's it's a binding it is like a perfect completion promise and oath taken just like the covenant with the rainbow it's it's a very serious um oath is all i can say a declaration okay and so this is why seven is so important and that's why it's this perfect completion and seven completes it which means it is finished that's where the um, you can liken it to whenever Jesus says it is finished on the cross. It's like it's done. It's completed. Okay. It's sevened. All right. I found that fascinating also. And I just wanted to share it with you. So I know guys that this video is kind of broken up into a few different things, which I do believe they all relate to each other. Okay. Um, but I found found that it was important to share these things with you okay guys so that's uh those are the revelations he's given me so far um and there's actually a lot more there so if you have anything to, to contribute please 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 send it to me um y'all know by now if you've been watching any of my videos that I love learning I really um am so thankful that he's so gracious to grant wisdom and understanding and revelation in this time. So, um, I really hope and pray that you understand what I was talking about. <laughs> I know it seemed like I was kind of all over the place, but I, you know, just wanted to, I wanted to make sure that, um, I got that out there. I just found it so cool, especially with the revelation on, um, Jesus's resurrection and how it relates to rapture. It's just fascinating to me. Um, if there's anything else that pops up that is in addition to it, then I'll do a part two or I'll just him, his, his will, his way guys, all glory to him. I love him so much. I love you guys so much. Um, praying for you guys every single day. And I'm so thankful for um, the opportunity to do any of these things. Um, as always, take this to the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for confirmation. That is how we grow. That's how we learn. Um, and the importance, as you can see, that He's been building upon is literally learning how to walk in the Spirit. So we're likened to the, is, the uh, Hebrews in the wilderness right now. He's teaching us the same, you know, it's the same um, concepts he's teaching us. So that's what we're trying to share. <laughs> that's why it's so important, right? So, but anyway, um, I love you guys. And I just, I pray blessings over every single one of you. Your ears and eyes open um, to receive these cool revelations. And um, yeah, Maranatha, Lord Jesus. Shalom.